Just getting ahead of this as always to remind you that this podcast contains adult language and adult themes. In addition, this episode is a bit of a doozy, so the following trigger warnings are necessary. There will be discussions of suicide, abduction, incest, and murder throughout the tales we are telling today. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cavalcade of Tales. As always, I'm your host, Drew, the millennial with a history degree. Uh, This week, we are doing some playwork, and this one's a bit of a doozy. We are covering the Oedipal Cycle, the trio of plays written by Sophocles that tell the stories of the line of Oedipus. Um, A lot of people may have heard of Oedipus uh, due to the Oedipal Complex, which was popularized by Freud, which is a belief in that all men are sexually attracted to their mothers uh, during their development, um, which has uh, thoroughly been argued and debated since his death because a lot of people don't really love Freud. It's just sort of a thing. But instead of talking about, you know, psychology again and making my brain hurt, today we're actually going to go over sort of the background of Oedipus. So we're going to go over all three plays Um, The translation I'm using for reference, I'm using the English translations by Dudley Fitz and Robert Fitzgerald. Um, An important thing to note, they cooperatively worked on Oedipus Rex and Antigone. However, Oedipus at Colonus was only done by Robert Fitzgerald. Um, As I said in the trigger warnings before, be ready for a lot of talk of suicide and incest. But uh, yeah, let's get this crazy ass family going, shall we? So, although the plays were written in sort of a reverse order, where Antigone was the first play chronologically written by Sophocles, I'm going to do, for narrative's sake, uh, we're going to do the plays in chronological order of the events that take place. So I will be starting with Oedipus Rex. Um, In this story, the tiny bit of background you need to know beforehand is that Oedipus uh, came and became the uh, king of Thebes by defeating the Sphinx, which allowed him to marry the queen. Uh, Shit, what is her name? I have it written down here. Uh, Eocasta. Uh, She married who, um, also, uh, as you can tell, I've been really excited about all the Final Fantasy VII remake part two vibes, thus my default noise being the battle theme. Uh, But, yeah, so Oedipus uh, becomes king of Thebes because he defeats the Sphinx by answering its riddle. And he marries Eocosta, who is the uh, sort of, like, widow queen of Thebes. Uh, When the play begins, uh, he is being told about how Thebes is currently going through a lot of peril. Uh, To quote the play directly, which I'll be doing off and on throughout this thing to make it classy. Quote, Thebes is tossed on a murdering sea and cannot lift her head from the death surge. A rust consumes the buds and fruits of the earth. The herds are sick. Children die unborn and labor is in vain. The god of plague and pyre reach like detestable lightning through the city. And all the house of Cadmus is laid waste. All emptied are all the darkened death and alone battens upon the misery of Thebes. That is from the prologue. So Oedipus is just like, okay, this sucks, and I understand that this sucks, but I'm a good king, so I'll fix it. So what he does is he asks his uncle Creon to help get to discuss things with the Oracle of Delphi to see what's going on. An important thing about Creon 
um, because we'll, I'll weave in some other myth too. Creon has a very famous daughter who doesn't throw, show up in any of these plays. Uh, her name is Megara. Uh, people who uh, really like Disney's Hercules, yes, that Megara. Megara, the child of Creon, is the wife of Hercules. Uh, in the Disney movie, they conflate her with the Fury Megara, uh, which is why she works for Hades. But in the original, well, not original myth, because there's no such thing as original myth. It's a whole complicated folkloric thing. But the Megara son, uh, son daughter of Creon, uh, is the bride of Hercules. However, um, unfortunately, when Hercules is driven mad by Hera because Hera is pissed off that Zeus was fucking around again, uh, Megara is part of the casualties. Her and her children with Hercules are victims. It also makes it really funny because in the Disney's Hercules, the play that uh, Hercules and Meg go see while they're playing hooky is Oedipus Rex. Which is essentially her bringing Hercules to see her family drama played out on stage. So Creon returns from the Oracle of Delphi and he says, okay, there is a pollution in Thebes. And what we need to do is we need to find the man who killed the previous king, Laius. I'm going to go with the pronunciation of Laius. Uh, even in my copy of the Oedipal plays, there are like multiple spellings of Laius. So I'm not 100% on how it's really pronounced. So I'm going to go with Laius. Uh, Laius, uh, as far as we know, was allegedly killed by highwaymen. And was, but it wasn't formally investigated what had happened to him, really. Because then the Sphinx had arrived to guard Thebes. And, you know, they had a bigger fucking thing as well. Uh, Oedipus proclaims Thebes that he's like, we have to find the killer of Laius. And that that person will be banished and not spoken to and may his progeny never be spoken of in Thebes. So the Koragos, who is the spokesperson of the chorus, uh, they are going to play a big part a lot of times. Anytime I use shorthand of they're speaking to the chorus in the play, this is a specific character known as the Koragos, who was the sort of like spokesperson of the chorus because a Greek chorus is a plot telling device one of the things i'm doing in this narrative is i'm actually skipping every chorus and ode that play in between the acts because they're sort of it's hard to explain them because it's essentially it's like here's a myth that sort of plays out in context but is also somewhat foreshadowing of what's happening soon and it was i tried doing like one or two and it was a, a big ass headache so I just opted not to do it at all but the chorus is just like you should go seek out Tiresias who is a quote Lord Clairvoyant to the Lord Apollo um, this is in scene one uh, so Tiresias is a blind seer and Oedipus is like I have already called for Tiresias I had Creon help me call for him and we've called for him a couple times though and he hasn't here yet so Tiresias is then led in by his page and he's just like I want to go home and Oedipus is like, what? Tell me what's going on. And he's like, no, I want to go home. And he's just, and Oedipus is like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Tiresias laments, quote, how dreadful knowledge of the truth can be when there is no help in truth. I know this well, but made myself forget. I should not have come. Let me go home. Bear your own fate and I will bear mine. Tis better so. 
Um, so they start arguing back and forth. Odysseus is like, tell me. He's like, no, no, Odysseus. I'm gonna... I do this a lot where I mix up my O heroes. Um, there's a couple times in the notes I caught myself writing Odysseus instead of Oedipus. Um, Odysseus did not fuck his mom, as far as I know. Um, but he's an asshole hero for a different day. Maybe someday I'll cover the Odyssey. It's on my shelf, but... I don't know. I have thoughts on Odysseus. Oh, let me fucking abandon my wife for 20 years, and then instead of just coming back and taking care of things, I'm gonna fucking come over. You know, be like, I want, I want to do a challenge to show that I'm worthy of you. Let's do the thing that only Odysseus could do. And then he just gets nude and fucking kills everybody, and it's like, cool. Not only did you have to lie to your wife, you had to do it with your cock out? Cool. <coughs> anyway. So Teresa's and Oedipus are fighting because Oedipus is just like, tell me what I asked about you. And Teresa's like, you don't want me to do that. So they go back and forth, go back and forth. And then Teresius and anger is like, fine, fuck it. You are the pollution. Apollo is angry with you. You are the pollution of Thebes. And Oedipus is pissed off because he's just like, oh, okay. Creon paid you to fucking come here and mess with me. And Teresa's is like, I didn't want to fucking tell you the truth. You made me fucking tell you. And he's just like, you blind piece of shit. Uh, to which uh, Teresius fires back with, listen to me, you mock my blindness, do you? But I say you, with both your eyes, are blind. You cannot see the wretchedness of your life, nor in whose, whose home you live, nor with whom. Who are your mother? Who are your father and mother? Can you tell me? You do not even know the blind wrongs that you have done them, on earth and in the world below. But the double lash of your parents' curse will whip you out of this land someday, with only night upon your precious eyes. So, justifiably, Oedipus is very angry. He's like, I know who my parents are. I'm from Corinth. Um, is it Corinth? Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, he's from Corinth. Allegedly. Uh... So he's like, get the fuck out. And Teresius is like, good, I don't want to fucking be here when shit starts hitting the fan because you're being a bit of a bitch. So he's just like, get out of here. I'm tired of your riddles. And then one of my favorite, like, it was really fun reading these plays again because there's this lovely line Teresius says. It's like, you were a great man at once at solving riddles. And he's like, fuck you, get out. So and Teresius is like, oh, well, you're going to try to, you're going to have to drive out a foreigner, but not realizing that he's truly Theban born. And then his final part of the prophecy is a blind man who has his eyes now, a penniless man who is rich now, and he will go tapping the strange earth with his staff. To the children whom he lives with now, he will be brother and father, the very same. To her who ha bore him son and husband, the very same, who came to his father's bed wet with his father's blood. So... Odysseus is justifiably pissed and he starts yelling at Creon being like I can't believe you hired a blind man to fuck with me and accuse me of being the pollution so you could have Thebes and Creon's like I did no such thing and he's like I bet you fucking did and so they have a go back and forth and Oedipus is ready to kill him for treason uh one uh Eocosta comes in and she's like alright 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 no this is not fucking happening you are not killing Creon. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to calm the fuck down. You're going to tell me what's going on. And so Oedipus is like, I can't believe Creon fucking hired a soothsayer 
to be like, oh, look at me. Uh, I'm the problem, and I should leave and uh, maybe put your uncle in charge. And then Lacosta's just like, oh, you can't always trust a soothsayer. Uh, she tells him that Laos was fated to die by his son's hand, but when the child was three days old, Laos speared his uh, ankles and left him out to die of exposure. Laos, however, was killed shortly after Oedipus arrived at the place where three roads meet. And Oedipus is like, wait, 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 wait. Couple clarifying questions. You're certain he speared the ankles of this infant? She's like, yep, I watched him do it myself. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, second question. What did Laius look like? And she's like, oh, well, he was an old man. He had gone uh, on pilgrimage with a few of his retinue to just kind of pay homage to the deities. Uh, but unfortunately, after the attack, only one of them live, and he was currently working as a shepherd. And Oedipus is like, bring the shepherd to me. And Eokos is like, why do you need the shepherd? And he's like, okay, look. Let me tell you about why I left Corinth. <laughs> let me explain myself. Quote, I went, so he talked, well, before that quote, actually, let me back that up. So he was the, he raised as the prince of Corinth. And then one day a drunken man in the court is just like, why do we have to listen to you? You ain't, you ain't the fucking real prince. You're adopted. And Oedipus is like, what the fuck? He goes, he argues with his parents a bit. He's like, am I adopted? They're just like, why would we tell you if you were adopted? He's like, am I fucking adopted? So then he fucking leaves and he's like, he goes to the Oracle of Delphi. He's like, am I adopted? And the Oracle's like, I'm not answering that. We're answering something else. Quote, I went to the shrine of Delphi. The god dismissed my question without reply. He spoke of other things. Some were... What did, how did, what is that? Is that clear full of wretchedness yeah can't even read my own handwriting clear full of wretchedness dreadful unbearable as that i should lie with my own mother breed children from who all men would turn their eyes and that i would should be my father's murderer this is scene two so oedipus is like okay the key to not killing my dad and fucking my mom is to run away and then so he, on his way to Corinth, he goes to a place where three roads meet, and he gets driven off the road by a chariot being handled by an old man and a retinue of five. Oedipus, being ever the calm and collected individual, proceeds to murder the old man on the side of the road with a club, and then all of his retinue except one. So Oedipus is like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I might have killed Laos. This could be a big-ass problem. Fuck, 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 fuck. And... Yokos is like, there. we don't know for certain. We're going to go get the shepherd. And he's like, yes, get the shepherd. Because if the shepherd says a gang of people killed him, then it wasn't me. Because I was definitely alone when I killed all those people. And Yokos is like, perfect. We're going to completely ignore the incredibly problematic part where you killed a bunch of people on the side of the road for driving you off the street. And he's like, perfect. Because clearly, I only make good decisions. Yokos then pr starts praying to Apollo. Because she's just like, dear fucking God, let this not be happening. Because there's no fucking good signs to any of this. Because if... Well, because at this point, she's like... If Laius died by Oedipus's hand... I almost said Odysseus, yeah. By Oedipus's hand, this could be problematic. Because I'm not sure if that infant really died. However, a messenger arrives to inform Oedipus that King... Polybus is dead of illness. 
Yokasta rejoices because she's like, see, we don't have to listen to soothsayers. Your dad died and you didn't kill him. She's like, so everything's going to be okay. And the messenger's like, hell yeah, everything's going to be okay. Come back with Corinth for me. You're going to be king of Corinth. And he's like, no. And he's like, why are you scared? He's like, because wife is still alive. She's like, yeah, his wife is still alive. He's like, yeah, I can't fucking go then. He's like, why not? He's like, because I might fuck my mom. And he's like, what a terrible thing to say. Don't worry. That's not your real mom. <laughs> and he's like, excuse me? So the messenger reveals that Wang Bam Bam, he's the man who brought Oedipus as a baby to the king and queen of Corinth. He said he was given to, uh, he received him with uh, wounds on his ankles from a shepherd. And Oedipus is like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, who is the shepherd? And he's like, well, he was a former attendant of King Laius. And he's like, okay, do you mind staying here? I have a guy coming. And he's like, I'm a messenger. I have nothing but time and I get paid by the hour. So the shepherd comes in and he's like, I really don't want to have this conversation. And Oedipus is like, I am sick and tired of people avoiding the conversations. I've already yelled at a blind man. I am not above yelling at you. And the shepherd's like, and he goes to the messenger from Corinth. And he's like, is this the man who handed you a baby? And he's like, yes. And the shepherd's like, motherfucker, snitches get stitches. And Oedipus is like, you need to tell me where you got me. And he's like, no. He's like, you need to tell me who killed Laius. He's like, also no. And he's like, motherfucker. And he like motions for a guard to start twisting the guy's arm. He's like, fine, 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 fine. I got you as an infant. And I got you from Eocosta because he, the infant was fated to kill Laius. And Eocosta runs out of the fucking room. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. And Oedipus is like, oh, no. I killed my dad and have been fucking my mom. And I have four kids with her. So Yokosta, being a reasonable woman, immediately goes and hangs herself. I should rephrase that sentence. That sounds terrible. She, it's a reasonable response to be mortified about this. I am not saying it's reasonable to kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. I should probably put the suicide hotline in the description of this episode. Uh, but she is fucking not pleased. So she hangs herself with the linens from the bed that she both bore her husband and son and son husband in oedipus distraught because of everything that's gone wrong he's like i need to get the fuck out of here hopefully i'll die in the wilderness i'm gonna say goodbye to my daughters and then gouges out his own eyes which is a very interesting way of proving tiresias right because if we remember from the quote uh beckon that up a bit where the fuck's the page yes the double li lash of your parents' curse will whip you out of this land someday with only night upon your precious eyes. So, uh, Teresius gets the uh, big old I told you so, which is always a fun fucking thing. Um, one thing you should always take away from the Oedipal Cycle is if you're going to call for a person who can tell the future, fucking listen to them. They know what they're talking about. So, Odysseus, now blind, is like, parade me through the silly because I am the killer of Laius, and I will be exiled from Thebes. And then he's like, but Creon, can you watch my kids? And he is, uh, and then the play ends. Quote, Men of Thebes, look upon Oedipus. This is the king who solved the famous riddle and towered up most powerful of men. No mortal eyes, but looked upon him with envy, 
Yet in the end, ruin swept over him. Let every man and mankind's frailty consider his last day, and let none presume on his good fortune until he find life and his death a misery without pain. That is from the that is how the play ends. So it's um it's obviously a tragedy because people die. Um, that sounds like I'm being like lit, but that's actually how Grecian tragedies work. If a person dies, it's a Greek tragedy most likely. I mean, if, I mean, true to be fair, tra it's tragic when people die, but the like sort of modus operandi of Greek tragedies is that somebody fucking dies in them. But that is the uh, TLDR kind of of Oedipus Rex. So when I went into this episode, I knew the uh, sort of like the beats of Oedipus Rex and the beats of Antigone, which is the third one. But Oedipus at Colonus is kind of that one that like not a lot of people really talk about, which was actually really interesting for me to when I've been preparing for this episode to reread and kind of be like, oh, some interesting shit actually happens in this, and I kind of love it. And it's sort of like this is the prequel to Antigone, in like, because like Oedipus Rex is like the prequel to Antigone to be like Oedipus is the father of Antigone, and that's why the whole family's fucked up a bit because you know. Oh, it's, you know, your dad's also your brother. But um, Oedipus at Colonus is actually the, like, direct... Like, the events of this happen right... Like, between Oedipus and Colonus and Antigone, in terms of, like, the timeline of the Oedipal cycle, is three days. So it is, like, very precursor. Oedipus at Colonus, however, takes place 20 years after Oedipus Rex. At this point, Antigone is taking care of Oedipus, helping him uh, go around, beg for food and hospitality. Um, so a weary old Oedipus uh, is wandering down the road where they meet a stranger who lets them know that they're near Athens, the domain of King Theseus. So when I started this and I saw that Theseus was the king of Athens, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking good. Theseus, by far, one of the shittier Greek heroes. Um, so we're going to have a quick divergent where I give a very short summary of all the bullshit fucking Theseus did. Uh, Theseus, uh, originally supposed to, was the son of the king of Athens, however, was uh, driven out because of... I can't remember the exact reason why he didn't... He wasn't raised in um, Athens, but he was in exile. And when Theseus turned, like, came of age, became a man. So we're going to say anywhere between 16 and 20. Um, he's like, I'm going to Athens to claim my birthright. And his mom's like, okay, would you like to go over land, which is dangerous, or would you like across the sea? And Theseus is like, well, I'm a fucking dumbass teenager so clearly i'm gonna go over land where it's more dangerous and go on a murdering spree <laughs> so in the myths of theseus he kills like four serial killers on the way from the road from where he was exiled to Thebes, uh, not thebes to athens and it's just like we don't hear about these fuckers anywhere else there's like this fucking guy who like uses two trees and then, like, lures people in, drugs them, and then he ties their legs to each tree and then lets them go so the trees rip them in half. 
and it's like this whole thing so he goes on this fucking murder spree to get to fucking athens and then this at this point in the story the king of athens is contractually obligated to send athenian men and women to uh, minos so that um to make up for the crimes against the king of minos and this is the myth of the minotaur um which i would love to cover in more detail at another date the minotaur is actually a really interesting figure and i've heard a lot of interesting things and read a lot of interesting articles about like looking at the minotaur through the lens of a child with autism which i think is really neat um also um they are cousins to Medea, bringing it back, because Jason was a shitbag, so was Theseus. Um, I personally like Medea more as a person, so that's why I think Jason's a bigger shitbag, because it's like, when you see two shitbags, you're going to dislike the one that hurts someone you like more. That being said, Theseus ain't a fucking peach either, because he goes in with Ariadne's string, so that he could go and essentially murder Ariadne's half-brother come back take her take her with him and then fucking abandon her on a rock after fucking her he gets his fucking he's like oh i got my dick wet i don't need this bitch anymore fucking leaves her on a rock and then she gets and like the consolation prize is that she is taken to be a wife of dionysus it's there's mixed sourcing on whether or not she's like happy with that outcome which, of course, is always a problematic thing. But we are talking about the Greek gods, so, like, consent is never really fucking king. And then Theseus comes back to Athens, uh, forgets the one task he was supposed to do, where he told his dad, if I come back with white sails, I'm alive, but if the boat comes back with black sails, I'm dead. And he forgot to change out the sails, so his dad throws himself off the cliff thinking that his only son is dead which ironically also makes him king of thieves so i had all of this in mind when i started reading the story being like oh fucking great theseus never gonna be a good thing uh the only fucking he's also a really interesting boss fight in hades which is an excellent game uh, anyway so the, oedipus is like can you talk to the king and have him come see me tell him that uh, seeing to me will be a bountiful thing for his land the messenger's like alright I can't promise anything so it then is revealed that Oedipus is just trying to find a good place to die like when your cat like it's a like it reminds me of a cat because cats uh, they will find a place to hide in a person's like a house cat she will my cat someday which I don't like to think about will eventually try to hide in my house to die which is a sad thought, but luckily she is very young, very skinny, and very healthy, so I have a good long time with Freya. But Oedipus is, Oedipus is a very old, sad cat, and he's going to die. Quote, A resting place after long years in the last country, where I should find home among the sacred furies that I might round out my bitter life, conferring benefit on those who have received me, a curse on those who drove me away. This is in scene one. Uh, so the interesting thing is is that Oedipus is in the land that is sacred to the Furies. Uh, he gets told this by the chorus. And they're just like, 
I don't know if we should let you into Athens because you might fuck things up. And Antigone is just like, it's going to be okay. We're not trying to get to Athens. And he, they're just like, okay, well, we'll let Theseus decide he's king. So then a horse arrives, and on that horse is Oedipus's other daughter, Ismene. Um, there is like a throwaway line that I thought was really interesting um, that Oedipus talks about the fact that like Ismene is the one coming to bring him news, not one of his sons. And he says that it's because they were begat by Egyptian means, so it makes sense that the women are the ones doing the work, which is a dig at the Ptolemaic dynasty. Which, were they in charge when Sophocles was alive? I'm not 100%. Actually, I don't. I think that might be a translation thing. Or something. That doesn't sound right, because Alexander the Great was the king of Macedon, and the Ptolemies were after he took over. This is just me trying to conceptualize time in my head, and I don't think the timeline is 100% there. I think this might have been something from the translation notes, but moving on. Uh, as many as like, okay, there's a lot of shit going on because of you not being in Thebes anymore and you driving yourself out. So like Thebes, the rulership of Thebes is an issue. Uh, Creon is the one that's getting like the popular vote from the people and Oedipus's younger son, whose name is written down da, da, da. I wrote it down over Ateodes Ateodes I cannot even read my own handwriting I think it's Ateodes so Creon and Ateodes are in charge of Corinth and they have driven out um, friggin' Oedipus's older son Polynices and that Polynices is uh, planning to march on Thebes with an army that he has gotten from Argos, which is the city-state next door. Uh, Ismene is like, okay, I spoke to the Oracle at Delphi, and Oedipus is uh, very crucial to Thebes. So the following is a few parts of the, is a lot of the different things she says over the course of the discussion. We've got, quote, that you shall be much solicited by our people before your death and after for their welfare. A little bit later, it is merely that if your burial were unlucky, that would be perilous for them. A little bit further, when they shall stand where you are buried, they shall feel your anger there. So as many as just like, look, Creon wants you back to help legitimize him. They, everybody's looking for you to use you as legitimacy for their taking over of Thebes. Creon's going to keep you, but uh, keep you just outside the city limits so that your exile still stands, but that you're there to take care of any issues. Whereas friggin' Polynices wants to take the land and use you as his legitimacy, saying that you were still king of, Cor uh, king of Thebes, and technically king of Corinth. I wonder what happens to Corinth. That is not brought up at all after this. I'm assuming that Oedipus's adopted mother is just in charge, but I'm not sure. What would anybody think of Corinth? So Ismene is just like, this is what's going on. Uh, then she's just like, okay, I'm going to go off and try to figure out some stuff. Antigone, thank you for caring to our father. He's like, can do. So 
the chorus tells Oedipus that the, he should cult the Eumenides, which are the, like the the rulers of this land. And this is where you find out that Oedipus is the prophecy Oedipus is given at the beginning is slowly coming true, because the thing about prophecy in Greek myth is that it always fucking comes true. As the Eumenides is a euphemism for the Furies because they are called um, they are sometimes called like the nice ones, um, which is like a play on the fact that they are you know not very fucking nice. So there's a quick back and forth between the chorus and Oedipus, which essentially is like the even shorter version of saying what's go what happened in Oedipus Rex. He's like, oh, I'm lamentable. I killed my dad. Fuck my mom. They're like, well, that sucks. He's like, I know. I gouged my eyes out and I'm running on the run. I'm off, you know, I'm off to go live with my uncle in Bel Air. Uh, and then Theseus enters. The really interesting thing that I had to get through with this whole story is that Theseus is not a dick at all. And I'm like, this does not make sense. Because the Theseus I know is a frat boy who's murdering people, you know, having sex with them and then leaving them on rocks. He is a completely stand-up guy through this entire fucking thing. And it is shocking to me. And he's like, Theseus feels for Oedipus because he's like, I know what it's like to be exiled from your homeland. And to accidentally kill your dad in a way you didn't understand that you were killing your dad. So he's like, so I will listen to your request. Oedipus is like, I need you to make sure I am safely buried and not taken by any of my family for a means of legitimacy. And Theseus is like, okay. So they, he's, and the big thing is like, Theseus, uh, Oedipus is like, based off of what Ismene told me, both of my sons will receive divine intervention and they will both die unless one of them can use me to get legitimacy over Thebes. But I I am sick and tired of the shit. They drove me out. He's gotten very bitter in his old age. Like at the beginning of his exile, he's like, God, I hope I die. And then now he's at the end of his exile and he's like, God, I hope everybody else fucking dies. So Theseus is like, okay, that's fair. And I can do this for you. And I will make you a citizen of Athens. Do you want to stay at my house? And Oedipus is like, no, 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 no. I'm going to die in the land of the Furies. Theseus is just like, hey, but he's like, I, he's like, will you please make sure that nobody takes me from here? He's like, and Theseus, there's this interesting back and forth that Theseus is like, yeah, like, all you need to do is ask. He's like, I, he's like, you have my word. And Oedipus is like, I'm not going to ask your word because to ask you your word is to treat you lesser than your standing and the generosity that you are showing me, which is a really interesting thing, because there's a lot about hospitality and the proper ways to treat people. And it's imp I think it's important that in this one, which is the precursor to Antigone, you get a lot of that Greek tradition of, like, this is hospitality, this is what it means to keep your word, don't be an asshole to your dad, shit like that. <laughs> so Theseus is like, okay, I will not give you my He's like, just know that I will be there. Next, so he leaves, and the, it's the chorus, Antigone, and Odysseus. And then Creon arrives with a few guards. And he's like, you're coming back to Thebes. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, aren't you worried about Antigone? You know, she's engaged to Haman, my son, which is also her cousin. And they don't really touch upon that, but it's just like... Okay, so fucking your cousin is fine? Like, not to, not to defend fucking your mom, because he didn't know it was your mom, but it seems like, if you're worried about incest in the family, like, why are you having cousins kiss? But, I don't know. Heyman really likes her, and it, it's very apparent in the next one. 
So it's like, he's just like, listen, you've been gone a while. Let me set you up in a nice Theban estate. We'll have servants take care of you. Antigone will be freed from the bear, you know, the this. And Oedipus is like, fuck you. But no, absolutely not. And he's like, if you wanted to do this for kinship and because you were worried about my daughter, why did you wait the 20 years I've been in exile, huh? And Creon's just like, look, just fucking come to Thebes with me. I need you to establish my legitimacy. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to die here. And he's just like, and so it, he starts like trying to goad Creon into like inciting violence against him. So, because he's got Theseus on slide. And Creon's like, why would I need to fight with you? I'm just going to steal your daughter. And so he has two guards take um, Antigone. And he's he lets them know that he's already captured his mene on there. So the chorus is like, please don't do this. And they're just like, fuck you, no. And so the chorus call for Theseus. So he's just like, Creon, fuck you. And Creon's like, oh, what are you going to do to me? I'm just a little old man. I'm just a little piss boy. You can't hurt me. I'm a baby. No. And Theseus is like, quit being a fucking bitch. And Oedipus is like, please, he's taking my daughters. He's like, okay, the land next to us is Attica. Creon, if you want to see Attica and go back to Thebes, you need to give me Odysseus's daughters right fucking meow. And Creon's like, no, I'm just an old man trying to fix a curse on Thebes. And Oedipus is like, and the way you're doing it is being ruder to an older man? Get fucked. Uh, it's like, also... Uh, Oedipus is just like, listen, I understand that I have done transgressions. My transgressions were not of my will. They were the will of the fates. I didn't knowingly be like, hmm, I hope this lady's my mom because I want to get fucked. No. Um, and then Theseus takes Creon and gives him this solemn vow to Oedipus. Quote, Oedipus, you stay here and rest assured that unless I perish first, I will not draw breath until I put your children in your hands. And again, I'm like, wow, okay, we're in scene four. Theseus is still being a good guy. What the fuck is going on here? This is not the theater. Did Theseus get sober? What the fuck is this shit? So once we get into scene five, Theseus returns with his many and Antigone. And Oedipus is so excited. He's hugging and kissing on them. He's like, thank God my daughters are okay. My sweet daughters. What happened? Are you guys okay? And then Antigone's like, don't be fucking rude. You gotta talk to the, ki the king who saved us. He had a better job telling us. And Oedipus is like, oh shit, sorry. And he turns to Theseus, he's like, thank you for working my daughters. You have shown that you are a you know, great, upstanding man. Um, I apologize that I you know, spoke to my daughters before speaking to you because this is Greek, and, Greek society, so the fact that I have to talk to women is a problem, even though they're my young children. And Theseus is like, nah, dude, I understand your worry because your daughters were taken from you, your daughters who you love dearly. Um... It was easy to get them. Creon showed me where they were kept, and then he fucked right back off to Thebes. But I did run into this guy who was making sacrifices to Poseidon who wanted to know if I knew where you were. And he's just like... And Oedipus is suspicious. He's like, I don't know any family members who'd be around these parts. And then Theseus is like, well, he he's wearing clothes from Argus. And, Theseus, and Oedipus is immediately like, fuck, that's my son. No, absolutely not. I don't want to talk to him. 
and Theseus is like, are you sure you don't want to talk to him? He was making sacrifice to Poseidon, and we shouldn't piss off the gods by not talking to someone who was doing a nice thing to them right beforehand. And Antigone's like, I agree with Theseus, but not for the same reason. I think you should just listen to your son, because this is your son, and you should talk to him. And so Oedipus relents, and he's like, fine, I'll talk to his son. And Theseus is like, don't worry, remember, you are under my protection. I have shown you now twice that I will take care of things. So just relax, talk to your son, and we'll get we'll try to get some things sorted out. So Polynices comes in, and he's weeping. He's like, oh, my poor sisters, how much you've suffered taking care of father, and poor father being blind and all this stuff. Please, please come with me to the wonderful arms of my new family from Argus as we go and we reclaim Thebes. And Oedipus is just like, you little fucking bitch. And he's just like, you only speak to me uh, because you want something from me. You weren't even there when I was exiled. You don't give a shit about what happens to me. You just want me for legitimacy. And if I didn't owe kindness to Theseus and your sister wasn't nice, I wouldn't be talking to you right now at all. So Polynices is just like, Father, please don't let it be this way. Come on. Be cool, man. And Oedipus is like, nah, fuck you, dude. In fact, if you go through with this plan and you march on Thebes, you and your brother are both going to die. And there will be no male heirs to the house of Oedipus. And he's just like, well, I guess I'm going to fucking do it. So then Polynices is like, well, father has forsaken me. Dear is Mene and Antigone. I ask that if anything happens to me, will you at least make sure I get proper burial? Um, <laughs> which, is a which is a fun note we're going to need later. So Antigone tries to talk Polynices out of this. She's like, please don't do this. Father has cursed you. You and our brother. It's like, I cannot lose both you and Antigone's. Arteocles? Is that a C or a D? That's a CL. Arteocles. God, my handwriting shit. Um, she's, and Polynices is like, why are you sad? And she says, quote, who would not grieve for, your for you, sweet brother? You go with open eyes to death. So then he goes. And Theseus uh, re-enters. He's like, thank, okay, cool. Polynices is gone. And Oedipus, like, stands up, drops his walking sticks, which, again, were another thing that was uh, fucking Tiresias prophesized in Oedipus Rex. That he's like, you're going to be, he said you'd walk the earth, poking at it with sticks. And Oedipus says, it's like, okay, it's time. Everybody follow me. It's time for me to find my uh, resting place. And he starts walking, and he starts beseeching. He says, this way, O come, angel of the dead Hermes and veiled Persephone, lead me on. Uh, the reason he calls for Hermes, which may seem a little weird, is that Hermes is the psychopomp. And a psychopomp is someone who leads the souls of the dead to the afterlife. So we all know of Chiron, who's the one who ferries them over the river Styx. Hermes is the guy who gets them to this river Styx in the first place. So Oedipus tells Theseus, that no Theban can know of his resting place. And then he's going to mourn with his daughters. And he has Theseus promise. He's like, you're going to have to keep my burial place a secret. You're the only one who's going to see what happens to me. 
and then you're going to tell your sons and your sons are going to tell your sons and as long as the Athenian nobility keeps my uh, burial place a secret and what happens to me a secret there will be prosperity in Athens and Theseus is like 10-4 good buddy so then there's a lot of crying with his daughters Antigone and Ismene and then they're sent away and then Oedipus dies quote but in what matter Oedipus perished no one of mortal man could tell but Theseus it was not lightning bearing its fire from Zeus that took him off no hurricane was blowing but some attendant from the train of heaven came for him or else the underworld opened in love the unlit door of earth for he was taken without lamentation illness or suffering indeed his end was wonderful if mortal's end was ever was so the play ends antigone and ismene are mourning their father and they just like why can't we bury anybody in this family why does everything suck oh i wish i just died with dad because it'd be better off than living with this whole fucking hellhole with our brothers about to kill each other and everything sucks and they beg theseus to be like please just let us see dad's body he's like no i fucking made a promise and they're just like fine take us to thebes so that we can stop the war and that is how oedipus the colonist ends so the final of our trilogy of the Oedipal Cycle is also technically the one that was written and performed first, but this is Antigone. This happens a few days after the end of uh, Oedipus the Colonist, and this is uh, begins with Antigone mourning the death of both Polynices and Eteocles. I wrote this one out a lot wider, so I'm not going to mess up how it's pronounced. Uh, Creon has become king of Thebes and has given Ateocles full meritary honors at his burial. However, Polynices offers a different fate. Quote, but Polynices, who fought as bravely and died as miserably, they say that Creon has sworn no one shall bury him, no one mourn for him, but his body must lie in the fields, a sweet treasure for carrion birds to find as they search for food. That is what they say. And our good Creon is coming here to pronounce it publicly. And the penalty? Stoning to death in the public square. This is during the prologue. So this is Antigone talking to Ismene, being like, our brothers are dead. We just lost our dad a couple days ago. Our mom slash grandmother killed herself years ago. Everything's terrible. And she's just like, I'm going to go bury Polynices. He asked, his last thing he asked of us was to make sure he got a proper burial and I will make sure it is done. And Ismene's like, you, you shouldn't do that because Creon's going to be very mad at you. And Antigone's like, well, you're a chicken shit bitch for uh, not loving your brother. Uh, you should be helping me bury our brother. You're a traitor to the family. And I don't fear Creon because the gods will be on my side. There is an unalienable right to burial for all man. This is incredibly interesting. Again, goes off the customs part of the Greek tradition, which is that, you know, everybody needs to have a good burial. It makes sense, you know, looking at it like anthropologically and sort of like trying to like figure out like a background of why they would want to do that. And one of the main things is like, you don't want corpses lying about because they will cause problems of like bringing disease and sickness into areas. So like they need to make sure that they fucking get out there. So Antigone wanders off and Ismene is like, I'm not, she's like, 
I'm gonna be culpable with this because I know you're doing this. And Antigone's like, well, you can fucking sit here and be a pussy then, and runs off. So Creon then enters and announces that Polynices was to be left unburied and get no burial rights. Quote, no traitor is going to be honored with a loyal man, unquote. Talking about how Ateocles defended Thebes, whereas Polynices raised his sword. A sentry comes in and he's just like, oh god, I don't want to tell you this. And Creon's like, what happened? He's like... Well, we had to draw straws, and I picked the short straw, so now I have to come tell you bad news. And he's like, just tell me the fucking bad news. I didn't ask your life story. And he's like, well, we went to go check on Polynices' body, and someone has put a layer of dust across his body, so it looks like he was buried. And Creon's like, fucking excuse me? And they're like, yeah, this might be, a, you know, this is the start of the uh, rites for burial. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, so Creon gets very pissed off and he starts threatening both the sentry and the chorus. He's like, they need to bring me the man who did this. And I swear to God, if you don't fucking find out who did this, I'm going to make you wish that I had done something as simple as just fucking killed you. Um, which I can fucking get behind because that is such a mm, delicious threat to give this people. So flash forward, it's the following day, the sentry of returns with Antigone. He's just like, we didn't have to draw straws today because now I'm bringing you good news. And Crayon's like, could you fucking not? Could you just do your job? He's like, why, what is going on here? What is, why do you have my niece? And the sentry's like, well, we were keeping watch over the body. We weren't sleeping or nothing. And we, Antigone came and she saw that we had brushed all the dirt off him with tiny straws like archaeologists will do thousands of years from now. And friggin' she cried and then she started pouring out wine for his ghost and continuing burial proceedings. And Creon's just like, what? Fucking really, Antigone? And she's like, eat shit, uncle, I'm right. And then the sentry's like, well, we immediately arrested her and we're like, do you understand what you're doing? And she's like, I do. And he's like, do you understand that this has been made illegal? And she's like, I fucking do. And he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna bring you to Creon. And she's like, bring me to him bitch so crayon's like i'm gonna have to kill you and she's like i don't fucking fear you so then his mene comes in and she's just like i heard antigone was arrested i'm also culpable i am just as guilty as she is and antigone's like no you're not you pussyfooted bitch you wouldn't even come with me and his like no but i know i knew it i'm an accessory it's like i deserve to be punished too and crayon's like okay we're going to lock you both up for now while I figure out what the fuck I'm going to do here. Because Antigone is 100% guilty, at least. Ismene, I'm not on the I'm on the fence with you because I'm not sure. Uh, we don't really have laws for accessory to crimes at the moment. And Ismene's like, if you're going to kill her, just kill me too because she's the only family I've got left. And he's like, I'm your uncle. And she's like, I don't care. So she's just like, please don't kill Antigone remember she's engaged to your son he's like who's also her cousin because <laughs> if there's one thing the Oedipal cycle knows about it's keeping it in the family so they're let off screen and next in comes Haman and Haman and Creon's like you're not gonna try to tell me to fucking save your fiance he's like no you've decreed that whoever did this shall die and I am not here to pull family rank and be like please don't kill my your son's fiance 
I am a loyal son who supplicates himself to his father. And Creon's like, good boy. He's like, thank you for not using the family argument because I can't allow anybody to use the family argument. I'm not even allowing Antigone to make the family argument because if I don't, if I let members of my family get away with disobeying me, it's going to make me look weaker as a king. And Haman's just like, see, the issue isn't about how it makes you look as a king, depending on your family is the problem. And Creon's like, what are you talking about? And Haman's like, quote, muttering and whispering in the dark about this girl. They say no woman has been ever so unreasonably died so shameful a death for a generous act. She covered her brother's body. Is this indecent? She kept him from dogs and vultures. Is this a crime? Death, we should be giving all the honor we can give to her. Uh, is. And Creon's just like, God damn it. No, fuck you. Absolutely not. She disobeyed my orders. She has to die. And Haman's like, that sucks, but I understand. I hope that you can realize, though, that you're being prideful. And he's like, get the fuck out. So, and he's just like, he's like, you've been fucking pussy whipped and you just want to save your fiance. He's like, no, I'm telling you, your public image is going to really fucking suffer for your press. And he's like, well, I'm sorry that you're just being fucking, you know, you're thinking with your cock and not with your brain. And he's just like, you're not listening to me, period. Like, I am your son. I love you. I am not thinking with my dick. I am thinking with my brain. This is a bad thing for you to do. So Crane's like, go away. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. Quote, I shall carry her far away out there into the wilderness and lock her living in a vault of stone. She shall have food, as this custom is, to absolve the state of her death and let her pray to the gods of hell. They are her only gods. Perhaps they will show her an escape from death that she may learn, though late, that piety shown to the dead is a pity in vain. So Antigone is then marched from in through the streets to go to her tomb, and everyone's like, I don't know about this. And she's just like, I am just like Niobe. So Niobe is a daughter of Tantalus, and she boasted she was more fertile than the Titan Leto. Um, however, people did not take kindly to this. Uh, three people, exactly. Uh, Zeus, who was the one who bedded Leto, and her two children, Apollo and Artemis. They weren't happy about this queen bitch fucking talking shit because she had six kids and their mom only had two. So Zeus turns all the Thebans to stone in this story, in the story of Naomi. And then Apollo kills all of her sons, and Artemis kills all of her daughters. And those children laid unburied for ten days. And then the gods buried those children to show that although their mother transgressed against them, every human is due their burial. However, Neombi was turned to stone on the top of Mount Syphilis. Cypheus? S-P-I-S? I-P-Y-L-U-S Cyphus, Cyphus uh, which is in modern day Turkey so Antigone is telling everybody you know I am being taken you know distraught because I, like this queen people I love were taken from me and they, I could not give them proper burial and I will be punished in stone for doing so so once she's gone Crayon's like I did what I was supposed to I'm a good king 
and then in comes the blind Teresius. And he's just like, man, you just fucked Thebes by doing this. And Creon's like, what are you talking about? What have you seen? And Teresius says, quote, I tell you, Creon, you yourself have brought this new calamity upon us. Our hearths and our altars are stained with the corruption of dogs and carrion birds that you that glut themselves on the corpse of Oedipus's son. The gods are deaf when we pray to them. Their fire recoils from our offering. Their birds of omen have no cry of comfort, for they are gorged with the thick blood of the dead. Creon, having learned nothing from when Oedipus started telling off Teresius, is just like, you're just here to fuck with me because you can take prize from anybody. And fucking Teresius is like, you didn't learn your lesson 20 years ago when you were accused of bribing me to fuck with Oedipus. Now you think someone's bribing me to fuck with you now? And he's like, yes. And Teresius is like, okay, you need to learn your lesson, cunt. Here's what's going to happen. She, If she dies, your household's going to be filled with death. A life for a life. And you are going to be miserable. And it's going to be all your fault because you didn't fucking listen to me. Again, listen to the blind soothsayers. So he leaves. He's like, fuck you. Learn your lesson. So the chorus is just like, we've never seen Teresius be wrong before. Maybe you should get Antigone out of that fucking cave and just bury Polynices and let this just be done with. And Creon, angry, but he eventually is like, Teresius is usually never wrong. We should probably go do this. Um, so we flash cut. It is now the epilogue. And a messenger arrives and is just like and tells the chorus about how the Prince Haman is dead. And the chorus is lamenting their loss when Eurydice enters. This is not the Eurydice who is the lover of Orpheus. This is Eurydice, the queen of Thebes, Creon's wife. And she's like, why is everybody sad? So the messenger informs her that when Creon and the soldiers arrived at Antigone's tomb, that Haman was there weeping over her dead body because she had hung herself with her linens. And then to add insult to injury, the messenger tells her this following story. But Haman spat in his, which is Creon's, face, and he said not a word, staring, and he suddenly drew his sword and lunged. Creon shrank back, the blade missed, and the boy, desperate against himself, drove it half its length into his own side and fell. And as he died, he gathered Antigone close in his arms again, choking his blood bright red on her, her white cheek. And now he lies with the dead, and she is at last his bride in the houses of the dead. Justifiably, this time, Eurydice is incredibly distraught and runs back into the palace. And then in walks Creon, carrying the dead of his, the dead, the body of his dead son, weeping. The messenger's just like, oh, is that your dead son? There's a lot of death about, and Creon's like, what happened now? He's like, yeah, your wife uh, ran into your bedroom weeping and pulling her hair out. And she pulled out a dagger, said, to, to hell with Creon, the man who has killed my son, and then slit her own throat. And Creon's just like, okay, well, everything sucks. I fucked up everything. My pride has ruined this. And it is in, it is, his fate is left sort of unopened. But it is kind of implied that he's also going to go into the house and kill himself. And that's just how it ends.
And that's how Antigone ends. And with that, that is the end of our Oedipal cycle. Um, it's a group of tragedies. It's incredibly awkward and sad. Uh, a lot of incest, a lot of suicide. But um, it's, it's sort of the backbone of a lot of Greek tragedies and a lot of tragedy moving forward. And uh, I don't know. This is something you know now, I guess. Um, yeah. I, uh, sorry, this episode was a bit weird. It's um, not easy to just sit for an hour and listen to people talk about ki- you know people killing themselves and fucking their family. But um, next week is going to be a bit of a tone change, so you don't have to worry about another week of this, frankly, because there aren't a lot of plays about this kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of Greek tragedies. I could do other Greek tragedies. Like, I've got uh, my volume that had Medea in it had a bunch of other Euripides plays including one where like Helena Troy's alive and she's hanging out in Egypt and talks about the lamentable state of her life or the one I think it's Electra who has her brother kill their mom because their mom killed their dad and it's like a whole fucking thing uh but anyway yeah so uh, that was this episode if you liked it or want to ask me why I fucking decided to cover the Oedipal cycle for a podcast this week uh you can reach me at uh, white trash historian on tiktok or instagram um and if you want to support the podcast financially you can do so oh, excuse me at uh, patreon.com slash cavalcade of toes oh i got the hiccups all right i will talk to you all next week bye